August 4th, 1693. Dom Perignon invents champagne. The next day, he invents calling out of work. Welcome to The Revisionist. I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. And our guest is a returning friend of the show, uh, brilliant, one of my favorite comics in Denver, uh, sweet, sweet boy, Ben Bryant. Hello. Everyone. That's very flattering. You need better taste. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's true in so many ways. I think ways. it's been a good few years. I, I hate to say that we've been doing this podcast for literally years of our lives. <laughs> no, that's cool. But... Um, I think it's been a couple of years since Ben's been on the podcast, if I'm not mistaken. Well, you were on for Lafayette, uh, the American Revolution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have been we... shortly before I moved away from Denver. Yeah. Wow. Time f- we've all aged horribly. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, I have. <laughs> Wear sunscreen, everyone. It's so important. It's so fucking. Also, important. we're all just pro three tip, California raisins here. Just don't live in a time when Donald Trump is president because <laughs> it ages you very quickly. Don't use any sort of uh, media at all. Uh, yeah. Consume nothing. Twitter, especially. Yeah. Pro- Age um, advisory on Twitter. You will age so quickly, wasting <laughs> away your life arguing with Mike Chernovich about James Gunn. <laughs> I know someone who's spent their life in an iron lung, and they look so good right now. <laughs> um, listeners, if you're new to the show, uh, what we do each episode is we tell you how horrible the world is, uh, and then we take Briefly, a topic yeah. from history. <laughs> and then we tell you how the world used to be worse, basically. <laughs> I don't know. This seems pretty fucking bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is uh, it's giving history a run for its money. Um, we uh, the, take a topic that's from the history. slogan for the present. <laughs> giving history I mean, a run for its money. At some point, history money. has to end. Why not now? It can, yeah. this, is, this can be the end. It's as good a time as any. At least I get yeah. to see it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why go out on top? Why not go yeah. out? You don't want to be one of those dumb motherfuckers who died after Empire came out, but before Jedi, and it's like, you yeah. loser. Yeah, you exactly. died in 1983 like an idiot. <laughs> um, one person presents the actual version of events, and another person presents a crazy batshit alternate history. And then the winner gets to become the truth um, going forward. I... Uh, but Brian, this may seem a little out of season, but I feel like I hear a soft jingle jangling of chains and bones in the wind. Because yeah. even though it is not Shocktober yet, I feel like we have a long lead up to Shocktober in a very special turn of events. Uh, yeah, uh, we are just doing the long Halloween uh, because life is a horror show. Yeah, uh, the, the uh, of course, the famous Batman a graphic novel, The Long Halloween, which chronicles the origin of Two-Face. Mm-hmm. We'll be presenting all the possible origins of, I guess, the Joker. I haven't read that one in a very long time. Um, wow. But uh, we are doing a special limited series of episodes uh, where we will be taking a look at a different suspect in the Jack the Ripper murders. Uh, and then at the end... Uh, we will have a large vote, and the uh, the winner of the vote will be the canonical story of Jack the Ripper and who uh, they may be if we decide. So, clarify for me. The big vote at the end, is it going to be an eight-way vote between the four true histories and the four alternate histories? Yes, basically. So, one only one story will become the uh, canonical uh, truth going forward right. so Fair it'll enough. be a big old clusterfuck you gotta remember a lot of episodes everyone you gotta remember four episodes of lore four mm. episodes of truth yeah <laughs> so realistically what's gonna happen is whatever the last episode we record whoever tells the second story that person is gonna win because people are like, <laughs> yeah, i remember that one uh, that's a good point i'm sorry to say ben when that poll goes up, you're going to be like a month in the rear view and no one is going to remember. <laughs> We're going to put out a special little uh, recap before the voting starts. Wait, so. am I the first one? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. 
cherry mandering horseshit. <laughs> cherry mandering. Yeah, this is fucking exactly what recount. Is. Give me a fucking recount, you <laughs> interfering. There cannot be a recount. There hasn't been a count yet. I, I do like Brian's idea of a clip show because as little work as we put into this podcast, that means even less work. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you called a clip show also because it makes me think of most 90s sitcoms clip shows. Mm-hmm. And I want to find a way we can structure it like that. Where we're all trapped in the same pantry or something. Yeah, you and, and I will be like, uh, it'll be a whatever. Whatever catastrophe is going on in the world at that time, we'll be living in a fallout shelter <laughs> and reminiscing about recent episodes. Which you can use to promote your new sponsor, Fallout. I don't know. What's the new Fallout Bullshit yeah, 76 or whatever the fuck? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, if we could get them, that would be amazing. Just um, email them. Ubisoft, hit me up. Speaking of uh, speaking of voting, that's Bethesda, by the way. Oh well, Nintendo, sorry, hit me up. <laughs> Crash Bandicoot, you have my number. <laughs> Paperboy, I am waiting by the phone. <laughs> um, speaking of voting, our previous mega episode, the Titanic, we left that in the hands of our listeners. And I can now report that the alternate history where the Titanic was a pleasure cruise that was abducted by aliens and all of the poor people on board got to live a life of leisure on an alien planet. Oh, that's alternate history won out. People didn't vote for the version where... 1500 poor people were locked in a room slowly flooding with water to die. (laughs) And dogs. The fi- uh, and dogs. The and cats. Sounds a lot like cats them. brought on board to catch the mice also. <laughs> <laughs> and the mice brought on board to eat the flies. Of course, yeah. That and, fictional uh, version sounds a lot like uh, Scientology mixed with the Mormon doctrine. <laughs> yep, that is... Uh, I can report that that is a pretty accurate description of how that yeah, was conceived. We didn't mention Xenu by name, but I think it was alluded to. I think mm-hmm. we all knew what we were reading between the lines on that one. Yeah, anything with a ship, there's this yeah. there's a <laughs> there's an implicit Xenu. <laughs> implicit <laughs> the implicit Xenu. Yeah, course. I think uh, after after the hero's journey, I think Campbell wrote implicit Xenu to describe <laughs> every narrative in western culture. Hey there, this is Brian reminding you that The Revisionist is supported by listeners just like you. You can make a pledge and get rewards like shirts and even the right to vote over at patreon.com slash the revisionists. Listeners, uh, we're going to get started with our first Jack the Ripper suspect, a little fella who goes by the name of Montague John Druitt. I think that's how it's pronounced. Yeah, that looks correct. D-R-U-I-T-T. But, Zach, you're doing the true story. Correct. And I feel as though, because this is the first episode, I should also give a little bit of filler on old Jackie the Ripper. Uh, So, uh, for all of you idiots who have never heard of Jack the Ripper, (laughs) the most famous murderer who ever done lived. (laughs) Um, Stupid cocksuckers. Yeah. (laughs) Just... I hate to say this, Ben, but we have the stupidest fucking audience. They don't know fucking shit. They don't know their fucking shoe from a fucking... <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. I think there's a phrase that's shit from Shinola. Is that where I'm going with it? They, yeah, don't they know. don't know shit from Shinola. There we go. Yeah. I don't know that phrase, so yeah, I'm not much better than that. canola them. oil. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Jack the Ripper, of course, uh, was a serial killer who was active in uh, Whitechapel, the east end of London, in uh, about 1888, possibly through 1891, depending on uh, how many murders were actually his doing and how many were not. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, murders. Yeah. <laughs> the rest were the, the implicit Zenu in all of us. The implicit Zenu, of course. Being in a city. Just too many Thetans, baby. Um, so we should note at the time, uh, Whitechapel was an area that had a huge influx, uh, recently of Irish immigrants and Jewish immigrants escaping mostly pogroms in uh, Russia, mm-hmm. but also anti-Semitism all elsewhere in Europe. So there was a huge influx of poor immigrants to that area in particular. Mm-hmm. And because every time there is a situation where there's people in extreme poverty, uh, as well as it was already the poorest neighbor, one of the poorest neighborhoods in London before that. 
So anytime there's a situation of extreme poverty, obviously, there's an increase in crime. And when you have new immigrants, surprisingly, people also assume an area is unsavory or terrible because, well, they're racist or xenophobic or anti-Semitic. <laughs> Not so, xenophobic, uh, which is... A different Very thing. valid way to be. <laughs> yeah, not xenophobic, of course. The implicit xenophobia of us all. Um, Discriminate against Scientologists. Don't give them houses. <laughs> I'm saying that on the air. I really want to go to my next protest with a sign that says xenophobia, not xenophobia. <laughs> uh, with a picture of Tom Cruise with a slash through it. But who am I kidding? I'm still going to see Mission Impossible Fallout 76. <laughs> um, yeah, as long as you just like assassinate a senator, you can go see Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's plenty of senators who uh, would be. I don't want to finish that sentence. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. Notice I didn't name a party. <laughs> Keeping it real oblique uh-huh. for the FBI. Um, yeah. Nobody who listens to this podcast could possibly pick up on our political leanings. <laughs> Uh, anyway, regardless, welcome to Chapo Trap House. Uh, this is God. I would love to be a whatever host of the that. name of that fucking guy. Like, I I get some of their politics, but those are the most irritating human beings on the planet yeah. Earth. Who cares? They make a hundred grand a month, <laughs> which kind of goes against anybody. <laughs> hey, their whole like aesthetic of you know mm-hmm. regular Joes sticking it to the man when they're making fucking a million dollars a year but what happened what are you gonna do uh regardless in 1888 this was a bad neighborhood there was a lot of um you know substance addiction there was a lot of prostitution the things that go with uh any low income neighborhood regardless of you know religious or Mm -hmm. racial background that stuff (laughs) exactly so yeah that stuff just kind of pops up and uh it was also kind of a time where Newer, cheaper uh, newspaper, uh, uh, um, like newspapers were easier to spread. They were cheaper to make. And so the access to news was higher than it ever had been before, which kind of led to this thing that uh, despite Jack the Ripper not being the first serial killer, he was the first serial killer with real media fucking presence. (laughs) The kid had clout. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So his original Vine star. Original Instagram celebrity. Uh, That's why there's so many Jack the Ripper butt shots circling around. (laughs) (laughs) Between 1888 and 1891, there were 11 uh, Whitechapel murders. Uh, Now, three of these were pretty much definitely Jack the Ripper. Five of them were 90% probably Jack the Ripper. And the other six are kind of vaguely Jack the Ripper, possibly. Uh, mm-hmm. There was another six murders on top of that that don't really fit the uh, that are even more outside the accepted modus operandi and location of Jack the Ripper. The last one being a New York murder in 1891. Some people think that he relocated to New York, um, mm-hmm. but the official uh, interrogator in New York discounted that theory. So we may hear about it more in later episodes, mm-hmm. but uh, specifically uh, the second through sixth Whitechapel murders are the ones that are considered the canonical five Jap the Ripper murders. The first one was a woman who survived for a day and said she was assaulted by a gang of people. So probably not, uh, probably not the Ripper, but they all had very similar deaths. Uh, and they all occurred within the span of about three months, uh, from August 31st, 31st, 1888 to November 8th. 1988 uh with i hate when people are more prolific than me (laughs) get so much done let's say you make a 25 under 25 list you gotta just grind for months and months and months three murders a day for six or wait no three (laughs) three murders a day what's the kanye three beats a day for three summers five beats a day i think that's just kanye you gotta kill people (laughs) you want to get that money Step one, murder prostitutes. Step two, question, question, question. Step three, get that money. Um, Regardless, uh, and four of them all happened within a single 30-day span between August 31 and September, I guess it was a 31-day span, and September 30th, uh, 
1888. And the fifth one, which is one of the ones that may not have been Jack the Ripper, was a couple six weeks later. Uh, so basically all the victims had a similar means of death. They had their throat slit from left to right first, and then their uh, abdomens were stabbed and their a few organs were semi-surgically removed from their abdominal area. Two of the murders occurred on the same night and were found about 45 minutes apart. The first one uh, did not have uh, her... Uh, her organs from her abdominal area removed, but it's speculated that uh, the Ripper may have been interrupted and in frustration attacked another person. Though there's also a letter where a few days before that, somebody claimed there were going there was going to be a, quote, double event coming up. Mm-hmm. So it's possible it was planned. The fifth one was mutilated more heavily. The one that also may not be one of the mm-hmm. Ripper murders, but is commonly considered one of the canonical five was more heavily mutilated. Um, She was almost completely decapitated and uh, disemboweled. Her heart was removed, like, much more... Pretty horrifying. Much more so than the other four. Just eviscerated, pretty much. Sometimes you gotta release an album that just goes harder than the others, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Some you do for Um, the people, some you gotta do for you. (laughs) Uh, some of the, the other killings that are sometimes attributed to him include strangulations that may have been even accidents in one case. One case was a young boy who was like, had a similar means of death, but otherwise didn't fit at all. Um, you know, young boys always getting themselves choked. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There was three women who were killed in various areas, uh, across London. One of the, which was killed in the same area where Jack the Ripper operated in, uh, that were dismembered. Like it was just their torsos that were found. Um, a lot of people believe that was a second serial killer operating at the same time, sometimes called the torso killer because, there wasn't a lot in common with the way that mm-hmm. the Ripper killed people. Regardless, and there are a surprising amount of people who are called the Torso Killer. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. There's yeah. There's like a Cleveland one. There's a New York one. There's a fucking hacks. <laughs> yeah. Just fucking spice up your own ass. Yeah, it's actually Jesus just Christ. the fat Jew. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. Anyways, uh, this became a media sensation as it uh, was spread about the newspapers and uh, resulted in numerous letters being written uh, to the investigators, which included a man named uh, Aberlane, which was the head investigator of the, uh, the chief investigator of the case at the time. Uh, most of them were useless, but a few notes stand out purportedly written by the killer himself. There was the uh, Dear Boss letter was the first one received. Um, it noted a few days before one of the murders, something about, uh, a cut on the ear for one of the women and a murder that happened a few days later mm-hmm. happened to have one of their ears removed, giving, making some people believe it was a legitimate letter. The second one, um, was called the saucy Jack letter. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> it was actually a brochure for an Italian restaurant. Yeah. Um, this one had a... Similar handwriting style to the Dear Boss letter and mentioned something about a double event, though the context is a little vague. Mm-hmm. And it was a few days before the two bodies showed up in the single night, not far from one another. So some people also believe that could have been written by the actual Jack the Ripper. But the last two have different handwriting and are even more commonly accredited with being written by the actual Ripper. The first is the famous From Hell letter, which the Alan Moore mm-hmm. fiction gets its name from, which is addressed from hell. It has very sloppy, loopy handwriting, unlike the other two, and has a lot more writing and grammatical errors than the first two. And uh, it was famous because it included half of a kidney, a human kidney. Uh, it claimed it roasted and ate the other half of the kidney. So a lot of people believe that the kidney, since... There were organs like kidneys misses, missing from some of the victims. That was actually originally where Blue Apron got the idea for, uh, <laughs> right. for the business model. Fun fact, before he was called Jack the Ripper, a, a name they got from the Dear Boss letter, mm-hmm. uh, when, when he, addressed, he uh, called himself Jack the Ripper, 
He was called uh, the Whitechapel Killer and Leather Apron, mm-hmm. which is like a proto Leatherface meets Blue Apron. Though actually, you're <laughs> yeah. right. Leatherface does have kind of a Blue Apron home cooked vibe, I guess. <laughs> Um, Go to blueapron.com slash the revisionists for your 15% off trial. Blue Apron, are you sick of cooking? I know I am. I hate the dishes. I hate my wife. Blue Apron. (laughs) Go to blueapron.com slash the revisionists for a slander lawsuit. At Blue Apron, we have pre-portioned ingredients, so we only send you half of a kidney (laughs) instead of a full one. Um... Yeah, but that might have been an anti-Semitic kind of thing because there was a Jewish butcher in the area mm-hmm. uh, who was known as Leather Apron. He also made leather shoes. Uh, he was interrogated and eventually cleared of the murders, but uh, he was a suspect early on in the investigation. How could I do the murder? I'm in here. I'm making my shoes. I'm making my apron. Get out of here. You're making the shoes. I'm making the apron. I'm making the shoes. I have no time for the murder. I have no time. What do you want? Eat and get out. Eat and get out. <laughs> you look famished. Come in. Have some um, vodka. I don't know. Stereotypes. <laughs> if I was a ripped man. Da, 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 da. Uh, uh, the last letter yeah, was what written. What does this have in common with Fiddler on the Roof? <laughs> well, the pogroms. You've already discussed the Russian pogroms. Oh, so. yeah. The, the, the hey, uh, the yeah, maybe. What's the name of the protagonist in the Fiddler on the Roof? I can't remember. Uh, uh, Ted Cruz. Oh, fuck. I keep saying Zero Marcel. I'll settle for the, the name of that Tevia. actor who has played it. Tevia. Yeah. Maybe Tevya immigrated from the Russian slums to Whitechapel and went on a killing spree in the gritty sequel <laughs> to Fiddler on the Roof. Ripper you on that, the you could definitely pitch Ripper that. on yeah, the Fiddler on the Roof to Fiddler yeah. in the Hood. Yeah. yeah, you could you could definitely get that produced at like it's... larger than community theater. I think <laughs> back in the 1890s there were all those shirts Fiddler on the Roof, Ripper on the Streets that were so popular. <laughs> 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 oh god damn it uh regardless um obviously uh the murder itself uh, there was a, a final note that was written to the coroner who inspected the kidney from the previous note that was uh in similar handwriting to the front dear m i still use i see you still ain't called <laughs> yeah and it had similar extreme spelling and grammar problems to the previous one. Dude didn't know how to spell knife for shit. Um, but obviously after the last definite murder happened in late 1880, it was like a spree. And then there was a few that could have been him. But for the most part, after 1891, they stopped. No one has ever ascertained the total truth about who Jack the Ripper was. It's Fairly unlikely anybody ever will until this series of podcasts. <laughs> wow. Which will blow the roof off the mystery. I don't know why no one has ever tried this before. It's exciting. Right. Podcasts were the solution the whole time. Why didn't they think of it sooner? <laughs> so, That's the most podcast thing anyone's ever said. Okay, what about a Netflix series where it's two <laughs> hosts and one kills the other one on the air? Like everyone very clearly sees him kill it and then they're like, okay, who did it? <laughs> they take like 14 episodes <laughs> uh, so our first suspect in our four suspect series is Mr. Uh, Montague John Druitt uh, who was a 31 uh, year old barrister who was the favored suspect of um uh, Mr. Melville McNaughton, who was uh, a prominent investigator at the time, though he did not directly work on the Jack the Ripper case at the time it was going on. He later looked into it and came to the conclusion that this guy was his favorite suspect. He didn't share his name while he was alive. He was like, I'm pretty sure this guy did it, but he mm-hmm. died late in 1888, which is, according to him, why the murder stopped. And... Uh, I'm going to be straight up. I don't think this is a very compelling case for this guy's guilt. Mm-hmm. I mean, but... with a lot of these suspects, there are like one or two things that like circumstantially are kind of interesting. But yeah, there's a not well, part of the reason it's never been solved is that like there's not a lot that is like totally convincing for anyone. Part of the part of the problem is and, and a lot of people think that the knowledge of uh, being a butcher or being a surgeon was uh 
something that was a facet or a necessary aspect of the Jack the Ripper case. Nowadays, I feel like it's, I think a lot of people feel like, even at the time, there was some disagreement about that where people thought just about anybody could probably do these rudimentary level of Mm. removal of organs. Um, Though I will say this for the police at the time, while they were roundly mocked, their method of investigating the crime, which was... Uh, interviews en masse based on certain identifying or suspicious criteria and then gradually eliminating suspects and narrowing them down was emulated for a long time to come for a lot of investigations. Rather than the previous method of consulting chicken bones? I mean, police work sucked at the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They did... It claims they did forensics evidence and I don't know what that means except they like looked at it and was like, oh, someone's dead. (laughs) i'll say this the coroner was able to tell from which side the throat was slashed and whether the throat slashing occurred before the evisceration and they used some of that to winnow down their searches um regardless back to back to montague john druid who i just think was a sad dude a lot of McNaughton's notes on this guy are written from memory and are wrong. Like he lists him <laughs> as being 41 at the time of his death. That's not true. He was 31. And he notes him being like an apprentice doctor or butcher or something. Not true. He was uh, studying law and a teacher. <laughs> Though members of his family were doctors. He also claims that some of his family believed him to be the Ripper. There's no corroboration for that claim whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was a guy who, uh, was in roughly the area at the time. Uh, he was in Southeast London, uh, and he was schoolmaster at a boarding school. Basically about in November, at the end of November, which was after the last of the canonical five murders happened, he was suddenly dismissed from the school. Now, why he was dismissed is unclear, but it was apparently some kind of scandal, my guess would be, I don't know if sleeping with a student was a problem at the time, but Absolutely maybe not. that. <laughs> they encouraged. They had not invented yeah. uh, consent. <laughs> uh, regardless, why this man was uh, disbarred is unclear. I couldn't find any specific mm-hmm. reason for why he was uh, kicked out from his position at this boarding school. But a month later, on December 31st, uh, and and this was part of McNaughton's thing. He said he was out of in an unright state of mind at this point in his life uh, that culminated in him being fired. And then on December 31st, killing himself by jumping in the Thames oh, no. where he was, you know, found uh, dead. Um, but I don't. Th- th- apparently, witness reports don't have him acting extremely unusually at this time. He was still studying as normal. Uh, he was presenting himself as normal. Like, I imagine he was severely depressed, maybe. But I don't see any reason to believe this man was homicidally crazy. And there's no evidence he went ever to the uh, to the area where the, the mm. Ripper suspects ever occurred. Um, Sorry, but, when you talk about him getting fired from the school, I do picture Robin Williams in Dead Poet Society. Yeah, yeah. He was too inspirational for his students. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you mean I can go and kill a bunch of prostitutes? Yeah! I just had to believe! Yeah, Yeah, it was a real... Also, Ben's voice gives it away. He was an elementary school teacher. I'm studying maybe a doctor to fix my voice! (laughs) Like a Dexter situation where he taught somebody to be the torso killer after he was gone. (laughs) Yeah, like um, in uh, Saw. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Shit. This man was eventually... He jumped to the Thames. He was found dead. I don't think there was a great deal of reason to believe he was the Whitechapel killer. The man who was actually in charge of the investigation at the time, um, whose name I forgot, but I said earlier. Uh, began uh, with an A, something like that. Abigail. Yeah. Abel, Abington. Ab- or Ab- Abing- the band. Ab- Abeline. Ab- Aberline. Ab- Inspector <laughs> Aberline uh, did not, had had considered him and did not believe him to be the killer. He discounted him. As a possible sub uh, suspect, he's probably um, also not the killer because, like, if you're gonna get, uh, like, if you're gonna lose your job, you're not gonna, and, and you're a killer, you're not gonna fucking kill yourself. You're gonna kill way harder. Yeah, yeah you're gonna go and kill everyone at your job. He stopped after he was discharged. Like all the murders happened before he was discharged. 
Huh. So he was so stressed out. <laughs> I was like, oh, I just have to quit. I, oh. Man, I need um, a Snickers bar. I was not myself. Yeah, there are. There Losing is that some... job was the best thing that ever happened because it gave him the impetus he needed to. Now, I think McNaughton was not all there in his later life. He was a great investigator earlier, but I think maybe he started grasping at straws a little bit. Mm-hmm. He also thought this guy was connected to an attempted assassination of a chancellor of Ireland who went on to become prime minister. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Named Balfour. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people believe, I think this is probably an also pretty out there theory, that McNaughton himself was the killer and he spread these fake suspects to cast blame away from himself. Mm-hmm. Uh... I haven't read too deeply into that. I don't know if there's a lot of, I think it's probably just one of those things where people are like, but what if? Right. What if on Earth 618? McNaughton was Jack the Ripper. <laughs> yeah, Miles Morales is actually the 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 Ripper. Mm-hmm. But a much cooler Ripper, a Ripper for the 21st century. 100% right and put that out. <laughs> I can't wait until we get the Miles Morales Jack the Ripper and all like the fucking alt-right fanboys are like, the Ripper's white. We all know the Ripper's white. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do you guys think um, Santa's white or black? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh. Uh, that's what I brought you all here to discuss. We're finally getting <laughs> to the fucking meat of it. Santa is definitely Arabic. He is Turkish, so. Yeah. Also, not real. Santa's so. whatever you want him to be. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like whatever. the doctor from Doctor Who. Yeah, he's all these <laughs> forms. He's regenerated to every every race and gender except for straight white male. Never been one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Makes you think. <laughs> regardless, uh, I'm glad I had to do the introduction about the real story of Jack the Ripper that we do know for a fact, because that's kind of all there is to Mr. Montague John Druitt. Uh, yeah, it's really sort of just like the stuff that McNaughton uh, thought was true about him that turned out not to be. Right. And sort of the timing of his suicide. Right. That's the most damning thing. His his firing and his suicide kind mm. of match up with the events of the murder, but beyond that, like it and just the fact seems circumstantial. For unknown reasons allows people right. to write in whatever you can, horrible. Your imagination thing. could go wild with why Like he fired. walked into class and was like, Okay, kids, I'm gonna teach you how to be Jack the Ripper. Yeah. <laughs> Um, McNaughton thought he was a horrible sexual deviant of some kind. And frankly, the Jack the Ripper murders, um, some of the Whitechapel murders had sexual aspects, but the ones that are canonically Jack the Ripper did not have any actual sexual assault aspect, mm-hmm. proving that in the 1800s, even murders were more wholesome <laughs> than they are today. But uh, yeah, so I, I just don't, I, I personally don't see the John Montague drew it. Maybe I'm sabotaging my own vote at the end of this thing for the real... John well, we'll, Mont- have a, we'll have more chances for our... But that's uh, that's the true primer of Jack the Ripper and the story of, in my opinion, unlikely suspect, Montague but John But sad Druitt. boy, Montague Druitt. With, with a name like Montague Druitt, it's going to be sad. Yeah, He would have had a great her. name for a serial killer. All of his pictures, he just looks very sad in all the pictures he's in. Yeah, yeah but how often do you see like a happy picture from the 1800s? Yes. <laughs> yeah, because everyone's got syphilis. Yeah, from all that no condom fucking. <laughs> or protection was just yelling at her. We're <laughs> <laughs> not get pregnant. Yeah, you yell the venereal disease away from your <laughs> genitals. <laughs> get out of here. Just you bang a broom on the ground right before climax. So are you guys telling me you've never ever just brushed sage over your girlfriends uh, downstairs? <laughs> is, that what is that what you're telling me? That's uh, that's the future. Yeah, this is. Uh, I'm showing Ben pictures of Montague Druitt. Oh, he's uh, kind of handsome. Yeah, he's, he's kind of handsome. I like his one. He's got one where he's got his hand on his chin and he just looks fucking sad. And I kind of feel sorry. This to me, yeah, this is just a dude who killed himself because he was depressed. And like then later, this asshole cop was like, "Yeah, I bet that dude killed five people." <laughs> yeah, <for laughs> that real. sounds like cops. That would be yeah. a good like album cover for like a SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zach, thank you. Uh, of course. Okay. Every week, Denver's own Real Nerds Podcast sees a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. I think sometimes we're funny. Yeah, sometimes when I'm talking, not when you're talking, not when you're talking. You know, it might help if you told them that we're on iTunes or on Stitcher so they could find a place where they can actually listen to us. 
Oh, okay, Brad. We're also on Twitter, at Real Nerds, and we have an Instagram account. Boom. Commercial, Brad. Cut. Paste. Upload. We like to have fun. Sure. I like fun. James, you're very bad at improv. RealNerdsPodcast.com. You heard while Byron, or, Jesus <laughs> Christ, while Brian's coughing, we'll all cough to, uh... <coughs> 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 yeah, cover my coughing. Thank you. <laughs> oh, covered it with loud noise. Directly in the mic. Oh, we got a pop shield. I got a pop shield. I don't. Uh, well, but it's only your mic, though, right? Uh-oh. Yeah. No, we can't see you now. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I was adjusting something on Audacity. The sun is going down here. So I my know. Face I was is... going to say, um, this, like, it's slowly getting darker in Chicago, and our video feed of Zach has gone from, like, a full view of a room to just Zach's floating head. Yeah, you well, look like a naughty cam girl. <laughs> no serial killers have ever operated in the city of Chicago, <laughs> including That is unlikely... also the most depressing cam girl I've ever Including extremely unlikely uh, Jack the Ripper suspect, H.H. Holmes. Did we do an episode about him? Not yet, but Shocktober is coming up. Although for Shocktober after Jack the Ripper might want to do things that are not more serial killers. I just know that some very uh, fringe people believe that H.H. Holmes and Jack the Ripper were Mm -hmm. the same person, but it's not a very well substantiated theory. No. Huh. So many theories. Uh, speaking Speaking of theories, Ben, whenever you're ready. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's it that's your alternative. the nice thing about this uh and i mean luckily what i'm about to say is all true is mm-hmm. that because the theories on this are so batshit that as soon as i say this it's going to lightly enter the jack the ripper canon yeah. at least <laughs> for conspiracy theorists online um yeah so the jack the ripper Which, the way, murders happened say... in the uh l- like Late 1880s to 1890s. And as we all know, the 1880s and 1890s uh, was a lot like the uh, 1980s and 90s. It was just like about like attitude and just like having fun (laughs) and just like doing blow. Um, We've all seen the 1880s throwback Stranger Things with an E on the end of both (laughs) of (laughs) the words. Um, and like when people are having that much fun, if you've seen any horror movie, you know that people having fun have to die. <laughs> um, so a bunch of murders started happening and people were like, oh, it's rad. But it was like too many murders. Like, oh, it's not, <laughs> it's not as rad. Yeah, I chill with the murders. Yeah. <laughs> um, there were a lot of suspects. Uh, the first was, uh, rad Tony. <laughs> um, he just uh, he skateboarded a lot, but he would always walk around and he'd he, like he had big dreams. He'd be like, "I'm gonna serial kill five people and then maybe four more and then like maybe another three. It's gonna be unclear." <laughs> yeah, between three and seventeen people, he said. Feel <laughs> like the, oh, Rad Tony, put your head out of the clouds, man. You know, and Rad Rad Tony was like one of those like village because there's no cities even in london it was a village uh back then <laughs> um and people were always like they're going up to rad tony and they were like hey rad tony you kill anybody lately and he's like here's this note i have <laughs> but everyone was the just rad like, tony note of course <laughs> everybody remembers from their yeah, Jack all of the his are done in the fucking... <laughs> <laughs> and I also understand, uh, didn't Rad Tony have the end of his skateboard sharpened to a point so he could do a kickflip and slit your throat at the same time? <laughs> yeah, it was exceptionally dangerous, but unfathomably rad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone knows danger and radness are uh, one, one circle Venn diagram. He was the coolest butcher in town, because like, <laughs> when he killed a pig, it looked awesome. <laughs> Ollie and or bacon. Um, but like the Grad Tony theory has kind of fallen out of favor with a lot of people because like some recently released Save by the Bell DVDs came out <laughs> that kind of like passively exonerated because at the time he was dating Topanga and <laughs> Topanga doesn't like serial killers and uh, one of her uh, most memorable traits you know killing's great but like Topanga's butt is like even better um so there were a lot of rumors that it could be Corey in the house because I'm losing track of the timeline here already <laughs> god damn it um but Rad Tony was one of the prevailing theories until Rad Tony was at the uh 1880s X Games and then a murder happened while he was on stage okay 
Um, so the cops, um, who also, all the cops back then, all they wanted to do was shut down ski resorts where the kids <laughs> were. <laughs> Wait, ski, ski resorts? Yep, every okay. And if you wanted anything from the police back then, you had to challenge them to some variety of, you know, challenge, like fiddle contest, snowboard race, um, rap battle. Oh, okay. I thought so you were going to say fiddle contest or chess it was match. Like bad. It was a lot of battle-based justice. And I don't mean trial by combat, like I said, like mm-hmm. beatboxing stuff, chili mm-hmm. cook-offs. Um, <laughs> Pussy eating Lip, contest. They didn't have lip pussy back then. For your life. <laughs> um, so yeah, the police were kind of stumped um, until 1890s hero um, Madonna <laughs> <laughs> came out with a whole published report. It was very easy to read. It was extremely clear who did it, but she's a lady, so no, no one listened, <laughs> which is fucked up. So she had to just put herself in a cryo chamber. Uh-huh. And then she came out about another hundred years later and invented voguing, which, yeah. <laughs> which is great. And, uh, you know, wrote the worst James Bond theme. And Wait, what? I didn't know Madonna she wrote, the, wrote a James Bond theme. Which one was The it? Die Another Day theme, which is what? fucking awful, where she's like, analyze this, analyze this, Sigmund Freud. It's the <laughs> worst fucking song. It's terrible. Die Another Day is a Brosnan, right? The last Brosnan, yeah. The okay. last Brosnan. Well, I've long said that Madonna's a better investigator than singer. And... <laughs> it's true. She hung up her gumshoes, and it's really we're all... We've got all these cold cases. <laughs> um, but, so, yeah, I mean, the, the knowledge of the real murderer is out there. It's just in Madonna's case, but no one really seems to read it. it you can just find it at her house. She's got it hanging up, mm-hmm. but... She yeah, wanted... her two books were Sex and Jack the Ripper. <laughs> um, and she yeah, poses I mean, nude just... in both of them for some reason. <laughs> so it's tough with this kind of stuff because, like I said, it's just a lot of theory. Mm-hmm. But you know, Madonna definitely has the best theory. It was, I don't know, it's it a rad time. It was crazy times. <laughs> <laughs> here's what you should. Here's what you guys should do to really make it 1880s. You should just have me smoke opium and then just think about like, all right. So, what do you really think happened? <laughs> this is the fourth time you've asked me to smoke to let you smoke opium <laughs> on or off the air. I know your For game. The- I and you actually, blew it because now in every intervening episode, we're going to have opium and laudanum for the guests. Yeah, and you missed out, so man. Fun. Yeah, I got to call craft services. <laughs> I was talking to somebody who was in like Amsterdam and they did actually smoke, smoke like legit old opium. And <laughs> apparently it's not as like hard, like as much of a high as like current opiates. But like, man, I would totally do that. The like OG, like Sherlock Holmes type shit. <laughs> yeah, they walk sure into that... the fucking opium den. Like, yo, give me that Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, strain. dude. That's why McDonald sure got that... so bad at investigating. Stop smoking opium. Stop smoking. <laughs> of course, I imagine we all know that they've... opiates make you uh, sharper, uh, more aware, <laughs> uh, more alive to investigate. I think they just yeah. make you chiller, and so suspects are more willing to be like, "Yeah, I did it." <laughs> I, I imagine that smoking opium is like if you've ever done Vicodin or Oxycontin. And when I say done, I hope I mean have been medically prescribed. Sure, but sure. Uh, I imagine it's just a less good version of that because I'm sure they've refined that shit over the past hundred years. Yeah, that's and made it more like addictive it to is. middle it's America. Like, it's the difference between like like a swag like joint and like ripping dabs. <laughs> exactly so. Yeah, I think that's probably what it's like. <laughs> anyway, send this podcast opium. <laughs> the revisionist. Yeah, well, thank you to our sponsor, Oxycotton. Yeah. <laughs> send it to P.O. Box sponsor, 1234, the... uh, 304 Fake Street, uh-huh. Anytown, USA, 80085. Well, that's my actual zip code. No, it's not. <laughs> ben, thank you. Hey, thank you. Um, listeners, before we. Uh, before we move on, I uh, just want to mention that The Revisionist is a proud member of the Denver Podcast Network, along with such shows as Motherfucker in a Cape. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, it's a, it's a really awesome show um, uh, with a great title. 
uh, that looks at geek culture uh, and talks with creators who uh, from marginalized groups, people of color, women, LGBTQ, disabled creators. That is um, cool. It's a really awesome show. Uh, so check that out. Motherfucker in a cape. Uh, also, we ask that you review this podcast on your podcast service of choice, uh, which is uh, mad helpful. Uh, said that slightly. Is that Italian, supposed to be like why. a Cockney accent for the theme of the show? Mad oh, I wasn't going Cockney. I was going Italian. Um, okay. Kind of, you missed the hand gesture. It was hiding. <laughs> um, it's hard to catch the audio of a hand gesture. Yeah. <laughs> Just the whoosh of the wind going past the mic. Um, also, you can connect with us uh, via our website, revisionistpodcast.com, and social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, ben, you host a brand new Bouncing Baby podcast. I do. Uh, it's called Page 69. Uh, it's really good. Please, please, please check it out if you enjoyed any of my bullshit on this podcast. Uh, what we do is we open up like kind of random, like pulpy dime store novels to Page 69, and me and my friend, fellow comedian, CJ Willard, uh, riff on it and try and figure out what's going on in the story. It's really, really funny. I'm proud of almost nothing I do in comedy, and I'm genuinely proud of that mm-hmm. um, podcast. It's really good. Please check us out. Page 69 podcast, or page 69, or page 69 podcast on all social media. Also, we did the podcast just to become billionaires, so please send me a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, and opium. <clears throat> and uh, opium, which I will spend the billion dollars on a lot of opium. <laughs> uh, but... Also, through uh, you are putting out a couple albums yeah. of, that are really, really cool projects, and I want to make sure uh, people hear about them. Yeah, so I um, run a show here in Denver called Guestless. It's a monthly showcase. Uh, we just did a two-year album recording. For the first year anniversary, released a cassette with 40 of Denver's best comics. Um, this year, for the two-year anniversary, we recorded about 25-plus. I think we ended up with 28 as our final number of uh, different Denver comedians, each doing about three or four-minute sets. That's just going to come out digitally. Cassettes only work if you're a vaporwave artist. <laughs> Additionally, uh, last month in June, we, rec- we uh, recorded four EPs. It's myself, Cody Spiker, David Rodriguez, who just did Just for Laughs, and Derek Stroop, who is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um Please check those out. That'll be available later this year through Middle Name Records, and we'll put that on like Spotify and stuff this time. I wanted to keep the first one underground. The second one we're going to release a little more digitally, a little more accessible. Hell yeah. Uh, so look forward to that. Uh, that's going to be awesome, and kudos to you for putting that together. That was Thank you. really cool. Thank you. Zach, you and I both wanted to remind listeners of something very important coming up. Yeah, uh, uh, this is coming out in early August. We're getting an early start on Shocktober. But the most scary thing about Shocktober (laughs) is that if we find ourselves there and you have not registered to vote, it could be too late. So, (laughs) um, uh, yeah, so basically you have 60 days, probably, depending on your state, to register to vote. I think the midterms are going to be pretty important this year. So... Fucking vote. Uh, I would say if you have not registered or you need to register in a new state like I do, go to usa.gov slash register dash two dash vote. That link should uh, be in our show notes or a similar link. Yes. Uh, and it shouldn't take more than a few minutes. Most states have online registration. Um, but yeah, you have uh, 60 days to register for this upcoming midterms elections uh, for most states in uh in the country so i imagine if you haven't yet get on it listeners uh, seriously vote register yeah. and vote and if you don't vote buy a gun <laughs> if you don't buy a gun learn how to make some uh bombs or as i call them opinion hearers <laughs> <laughs> and the good news about uh buying a gun is you don't need to register for anything that's <laughs> super true it's way easier so and if you think that's fucked up register to vote and then vote about it but in the meantime vote about it (laughs) and even i'll say this even if you're in a uh what's called like a safe district or a a district that has a predestination for like who's going to be their senator local elections matter especially uh in terms of upholding if the supreme court overturns shit people Mm -hmm. in your local courts will be the ones saying your state still has the right to uh insert your favorite right here ensure yeah women's or gay rights or any any right that's not related to a white man mostly a rich white man Uh, so your local people are going to be upholding that if anything goes bad 
Yeah, and also voting for good people on the local level affects people's lives pretty directly. Yeah. So get into metalworking and learn how to build a working guillotine so we can <laughs> drag the rich out by their collars and execute <laughs> them publicly and live stream it on Twitch. Uh, I was just at a recording of a podcast talking about Tale of Two Cities. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you don't even need to be good at making a guillotine. The weight does more of the work than the blade itself. Yeah. <laughs> and if you believe we shouldn't execute the rich, you're it's, not paying attention. It's as easy as tying two 15-pound weights to either side of an axe and dropping it on the ground. <laughs> That's a really good point. Steal from your local 24-hour fitness. No one needs those 15 pounds anyway. You're not getting enough of a workout. <laughs> Do some social good with 15-pound weights. As for me, listeners, uh, I co-host Queen City Companion the first Thursday of every month at Mutiny Information Cafe. Uh, it's an all-false storytelling show. Check that out. Um, and I have a brand new show... Coming to the Comedy Room Room in Denver. Yeah. Uh, called Know Your Shit. Uh, the third Saturday of every month, uh, starting in September. Hell yeah. Uh, it's comedy TED Talks, basically, on a different theme each month. Nice. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So check that out. Since we're not really doing judgment for each episode until the ending, uh, that'll do it for us. If you yeah. think... That I was right. Just subscribe to page sixty nine on iTunes. <laughs> so <laughs> or on other okay. stuff too, but I didn't. To clarify, your 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 answer is that the uh, the real killer of the Jack the Ripper case is a secret that Madonna holds in her mind. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, awesome, Ben. Thank you for being here. Hey, thank you guys. Zach, thank you as always. Yep. The slowly disappearing blood moon version of Zach's face that is now in my computer screen. Yeah, it is getting Oh, spookier. did you take your, like, that picture that always looks terrible on Instagram? Did I happen to be this faded out when I you took it? I didn't get it this time, so I'll probably end up drawing you. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, God, it is, like, legit terrible. It looks like... It looks like this okay. last scene from The Witch a little oh, bit. Yeah. I was going to yeah. do a different comparison. If you've seen the original 1978 Halloween, you know that part where Laurie is standing in the doorway and then Michael's face appears behind her from the darkness? Mm -hmm. It looks like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, thank you, listeners, thank you for that, indulging that digression into something you couldn't see or tell what was going on. No. Um, for everyone here at The Revisionist, I'm Brian Flynn. I'm the rapidly fading Captain Howdy face of Zach Powers. <laughs> Goodbye, we love you. Have a good time. Mm -hmm.